Welcome to Every Show Ever. I'm Ken, and my mission is to watch every show. Ever. So that you don't have to. Today we're talking about Netflix's Shadow and Bone, and I am joined by Phoebe and our dear friend Jake. Regular in our lives, but special guest on the podcast. Hi Jake, how are you? <laughs> Hello, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Is it because you got to watch Ben Barnes? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm always doing pretty good after I got to watch Ben Barnes. <laughs> Hi, Phoebe. I love you, too. Don't worry. Bye. So, to remind Jake um, how this works, we usually dedicate the first ten-ish minutes of the podcast to a spoiler-free discussion. And I would say... Okay. I can do that. Anything that's a spoiler is... Um, anything that can't be inferred from, like, the the pilot or the, the trailer. trailers or the yeah. first episode, yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Spoiler-free discussion. How does he get his hair like that? <laughs> How does he get his hair like that? It is impossibly silky. I don't <laughs> understand. He somehow has maintains both volume and <laughs> luster flawlessly. It's some just voodoo witchcraft. We are, of course, referring to that is the... Ben Barnes, who plays Alexander something. In the show. I don't know. I called him the Greasling for the majority of the show. <laughs> he plays the Darkling. That is what he is colloquially called both in world and among the fandom. Yes. But we only know that. If I ever meet him the first time, I'm going to ask this how he gets his hair like that. God, what are the people called? I keep calling them Ferelden's, but that's because I've been replaying Dragon Age. <laughs> they are Ferelden's now. <laughs> the... Fjord? Oh, um, Fjordans. Fjordans. Yeah. I Some, I, something I, hard to pronounce. I only remember that because I just re like yesterday watched uh, a, a compilation video of all of Nina and Matthias. Oh my god. <laughs> we are trash, aren't we? <laughs> we are trash. I watched whatever the opposite of a compilation is today, meaning I finished the show right before we watched the, right before we recorded this podcast. Nice. Literally. Like right I watched before. four episodes right now. Just now. Oh god. Well, those are like the four most Ben Barnes heavy episodes. Yeah. You must be riding high. Yeah, I am. Um and I'm firm in my belief that he should be the main character, but I will save that for the latter half of the podcast. 100% agree. Um, but I think our reasonings might be different as to why he should be the main character. Yeah, given that um as I explained to Phoebe, I said only some of my reasons are unhinged. <laughs> Some of them are rooted in logic as for what I want to see in a TV show, not necessarily for mm -hmm. what the show should be or that what its failings are. Mm -hmm. um, I will say my first note that I have here is that I have decided I don't like expository narrators in high fantasy. I don't want to mm -hmm. hear it. I don't want to hear your main character's yeah. inner monologue. Um, and I guess the show agreed because they dropped it in episode two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Honestly, I almost didn't even notice. It. Now that you pointed it out, it's like, like yeah, yeah, they did do that. I also didn't really notice until you pointed it out. And then they um, brought it back with the framing device of writing letters between Mal and Alina. Oh, yeah. But only for episode point, three. Yeah, and they just hid it from us. You know, it's occurring to me that all of these moments you're talking about that included narration were all the moments I liked the least. So that was the common link. <laughs> <laughs> We've traced it back to the source. 
Just cut the, just cut the narration. Yeah, just cut the narration. Just show, show me what she's thinking. Yeah, show me, don't tell me. Mm. Well, they don't really do that in anything anymore. They, yeah. they have to tell you everything. Otherwise, how am I going to know? Thank you, Marvel. Thanks, Marvel. Otherwise, how am I going to know, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the only other spoiler-free things I can say are, aside from Ben Barnes, Jesper was my favorite character. <laughs> I mean, we can... I, th- I mean, spoiler free, we can talk about, like, um, sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, like how the show got made, what it, like what it's based off of. Um, based off of the book, yes, uh, yeah. the books. I guess, like, I, okay, I basically knew nothing about this show. Oh, yeah, I knew absolutely whatsoever. nothing. Yeah, I literally knew what Jake had told me. And what I knew was that Ben Barnes was in it. Exactly. <laughs> and Book Talk, which is the side of TikTok that's, like, really into reading, loves this book like it's one of like the five books that book talk recommends they only recommend the same five fucking books and so this was one of them so that's all i knew is that people like this book people are excited for the show the other the other thing that i knew about this going in was only because i had told you oh jake and i are about to watch shadow and bone you were like oh i wouldn't have thought jake would want to watch shadow and bone ben born and i was like why what do you mean Literally, all we know is that Ben Barnes. <laughs> he was like, "Well, I just know it's the thing that all the teenage girls are reading right now." And I was like, "Of course, oh. it is. I'd be in love with Ben Barnes too." But yeah, I think what Phoebe's dancing around here is that I then I wasn't even a hundred percent on watching the show until I read that Ben Barnes got the part because he saw Tumblr fan casts of the book where people were casting him as the Darkling. And he was like, even though he's easily 15 years older than every other cast member, he brought it (laughs) to his agent. And he was like, I should be in this show. And his agent set up a meeting with the casting director where he showed him the casting director. Ben Barnes showed the (laughs) casting director these fan casts. And he said, so you're going to hire me, right? (laughs) From Tumblr post. He's a legend. That's the the gall, the hubris, mm-hmm. the balls on the this man. The stones on this man. I love it. I love it. I love that for him. And then, absolute unit. Fucking, he doubled down. Doubled down on how much I love him in this one story because he literally. This is this is from like a news source. I guess I should say allegedly then, but apparently he entered the group chat of the other cast members by sending the meme of Steve Buscemi that said, how are you fellow kids? Or what's up fellow kids? Uh, kids. Hello there, fellow Hello kids. kids. That's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old is he actually now? Is he 38? 38? And everybody else is in like their early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, he's 39. Because he was Prince Caspian, which is... He will be 40 in August. Which is an old movie at this point. <laughs> it is an old movie at this point. Oh boy, we are old. Yes. He, he will be 40 in August. If you guys want to talk about the show in, in more detail, I have three pages of notes. Okay, That's yeah. a lot of pages of notes. Hit, hit, us, hit us with some, some notes, some questions, with some, some whatnots. So... So Ben Barnes isn't in the first episode until the very end. Yeah, just the <laughs> yes, back Jim of his head. Yes, that. that is one of yes, his final I was features. Extremely yeah. upset. 
His hair. I almost stopped watching. <laughs> he, he, he was he was very annoyed. I guess I'll talk about this first. Do, what in the show? Mm-hmm. Where is the evidence that being a Grisha is bad? Mm, no, nowhere. There's not a lot. Be- Why? Like you see, like. Um, well, you, you get, like, a slight perspective of people, like, talking about how they don't like Grisha and that Grisha, they can't be trusted or whatever, but... It's, you, at, le- at least from the perspective of, like, the soldiers who are from, what is the... Um, Ravka? The, the country? Ravka? Mm-hmm. At least from the perspective of, like, the people who live in Ravka, it's very much painted more as, like, a like a class differentiation thing. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't trust the rich people. But they're almost they jealous of this. Like, it's more portrayed as, yeah, like, a jealousy well, thing or, like, well, yeah, spite based on these people have an elevated position in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, it is exa- exactly. Like, I mean, the the underprivileged will rail on the privileged. Yeah. Like, or justifiably so, but that doesn't mean they aren't a little bit jealous <laughs> because, of course, they are because they've been denied what these other people have. Yeah, and I didn't mean to make a loaded statement with that um but like the orphans in the orphanage they're all they have this whole scene where they're like they're coming to test us and that's really exciting i bet i'll be this kind of grisha i bet i'll be a hot renda and they're like really excited and talking about like what powers they want to have and like how their lives will be better as grisha and then like alina has this several speeches where she's like i don't want to be grisha being grisha is bad and i'm like in what fucking world that's not really what how what I interpreted it as. Um, it was from at least as far as I was concerned, it was more from her perspective. Just if I am, if like I turn out to be a Grisha, like I know Mal isn't one, mm-hmm. and that means we wouldn't be able to be friends anymore because we wouldn't be allowed to run in the same circles. Yes, and once that's revealed, that she cut her hand on the piece of pottery so that she wouldn't be discovered as a Grisha if she even was a Grisha as a kid. That makes sense. But in the first episode, and in the second episode, she t- she says it to Ben Barnes, too, where she's like, what if I don't want to be a Grisha? What if, like, what if this is the worst life in the whole world for me? Like, she's ha- she has multiple speeches before that's revealed that she would be separated from Mel. And so I was, that's when I wrote this note, was before I knew that. And so I understand what it means to her now, but at the time, I did not know why she had such a visceral reaction. Such a visceral reaction to being discovered now in her life as Grisha, mm-hmm. especially because she and Mal have been separated before. Mm-hmm. She's a cartographer. They're not in the same unit. They've only just met up again for the first time in, you know, maybe a year or so. It's it's less of a concrete separation, but... Mm-hmm. It's not unheard of. It's not like they've been inseparable since birth. And so I guess I right. I had a lot of problems with the world building in this show. I don't know if that was universal. Or you think I'm being picky? I mean, I think that's a fair critique. I didn't... See, part of my problem with... Jake had some issues with the technology. It, yeah, that, that was one... I can talk about that in a second. But back on this, um, this, this point specifically... I didn't super notice that. I did complain about the world building a little, but I didn't notice that one um, specifically to an extent. I was so caught up in Ben Barnes' eyes that 
I just got washed away through half of it. They're, they're just pools of black. <laughs> but my big, my big thing with the world like building was... Um, yeah. Literally, they're just endless. It makes no sense. But <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Rename this the Ben Barnes Thirst my... Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my big problem with the world building was it, it seems so random with like the design choices and the aesthetics and the um the technologies were like one minute it seems very it seems like almost middle ages mm -hmm. and then the next minute he's wearing like a modern suit and i'm like wait wh where did this jump happen <laughs> mm -hmm. i i would love to hear what you had to say about the technology because i have mm -hmm. a lot to say on that exact same note but about the fashion mm -hmm. with every character yeah well the fashion was was part of the. Well, I was kind of like lumping that into the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like a, I just have more um, detailed notes. On a, a, gener a general trend of pulling things from different eras in time that don't that really don't really fit, right? Because you'll mm -hmm. see him in like modern suit, and then he's riding a horse, mm -hmm. or um, he's wearing his fourteen hundreds whatever, and then he's riding a train. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah. Something isn't right here. Each character felt consistent with their own costume design, but it felt mm -hmm. like each character was given to a different costume designer. So yeah. They didn't sort of match each other. And so you have, at least with, like, the armies have a very consistent, like, I would say 1880s-ish Russian military garb going on mm -hmm. and that's cool and you can tell that a lot of it is russian based yes the ravka is very clearly like russia. russian inspired yeah. um to the point where i think grisha means greg in russian which is just so funny to me um greg greg <laughs> greg, like the name? greg? The name all those greg. gregs over there um Fascinating. In some Slavic language, yeah, Grisha means crack. It's like, oh fuck. That's amazing. Um, but then, you know, we get into sort of this Russian court, and they look more 17, I would I would say about 1740s, right around Catherine the Great era. Um, but even then, like, all of the extras are horrifically mismatched. I'm seeing 1840s America in there. I'm seeing, I mean, it's just like, they sort of pulled things out of a closet, you know, or, or yeah. out of a costume warehouse. And that's fine for extras, but the effort wasn't there. Um, I guess they spent all that effort hand embroidering all those jackets um, for the different mm -hmm. kinds of... There were a lot of embroidered Grisha. jackets. A lot of embroidered jackets. Which I loved. I felt like a lot of things were fairly consistent internally mm -hmm. to what those things represented. And I think what was very jarring for me is that you have this sort of like pre-World War One into circa World War One Russian attire, because um, Russian military garb didn't change that much uh, through um, the modern century. Um, but then you have on the other side of the rift, everything is like 1850s London. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, I would say 1880s. I would say 1880s, 1890s, because you've got the bowler hats. Um, and it makes a very clear distinction between these two worlds, um, which is fine, but you don't have the sort of communication between those two. So these things aren't communicating. And uh, so if I can compare it to The Witcher, um, 
it's sort of like the you know the male magic school is dressed renaissance and the female magic school is dressed very victorian but you wouldn't blink because the mm-hmm. the fabric style the fabric and the styling and the choices that are made and how these things are cut and worn um establish a communication while also establishing a rift between these two things or a fold if you will <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and then that isn't really present. In, like you, you don't have that consistency in Shadow and Bone because it's just completely it's very random. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of a, sense, a, a constant sense of like, what are the rules? There don't appear to be of any. this world. Like, could someone pull out a Gatling gun at some point, and I'll just be expected to believe that's a thing that we have? Um, someone yes, did. Someone I... shot Maul with a exactly. Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, yeah. <laughs> this is, I was explicitly referencing. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I think a Gatlin gun fits better than a lot of the other stuff I've seen. Yeah. Um, it was the, invented quite it, early on. And they talked about the, the, the repeating rifle at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems, like, weapon-wise, it's, it's very, like, a Western-era kind of mm-hmm. um, yeah. technologically for, like, their military or whatever. But then the boats are like these... And, okay, the boats were confused the heck out of me. <laughs> What are they sailing on? Sand. First of all, it's a skiff. So, so it it just moves across the sand, but but it starts in the water. It specifically starts in the water and then goes onto the sand as it enters the. No, the fold, I think right? that's a different boat. There is a body of water, but the fold is on sand. Um, yeah. And then there's okay, so there's a type of grisha that can move air, and they yeah. like blow the air into it to move the skiff. And, but they have trains, yes. and so they can't come up with something better? <laughs> <laughs> I see your confusion. <laughs> well, apparently the train tracks aren't trains fucking finished. Exist. Why are we using boats to move across land? <laughs> Where we're significantly more exposed. Like, I don't, I don't see why the conductor is this genius... <laughs> of yeah. revolutionary technology where it seems like that would be the logical step. Because everyone on the boats, you're just exposed to the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I understand that, oh, we want to be, like, stealthy or whatever, and that's why they're not, because there's no lights and whatnot. And they're not they as loud. Like, the blue light. Yeah, and they're not as loud or whatever, but clearly he gets through consistently with his train. Exactly. <laughs> And, and also, clearly, uh, this 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 technique of well, if we just be stealthy, it'll be fine, has not been working all that well. Like all that well, like they, they make a point of being like most of these missions don't return. Mm-hmm. And honestly, being stealthy just for like humans isn't usually the thing we try first. We try and just like <laughs> hit it really hard. Um, when they were trying to get through like the Northwest Passage which is like a, a naval passageway up through um, the Arctic. Literally, what they did first was they said, what if we just put, like, giant hunks of metal on the front of our boat and smash through it? Like, they did that for years. Yes, <laughs> they did that for years, and it did not work. <laughs> it did not work at all. It did not work. A lot of people died. <laughs> um, and so what they ended up what they ended up doing, the first people to ever make it through the North of the Passage, were people who literally just said, what if we just took a tiny boat with n- and then just... Whenever the ice got too thick, we just waited until it melted. (laughs) 
And that worked. It took them like four years to get through, but they did it as opposed to the people who tried to just smash their way through and got permanent, or like they got permanently stuck and they all started it and died. Um, so like, it seems like the first thing they would have tried to get through this lovely hole of death would be, what if we just put a bunch of metal on it? <laughs> What if we just covered ourselves in metal? Like, you would think they'd have, like, Fire Nation-style boats. Yeah. Like, those big ones with the, the pointed... And they're all yeah. made... They're made entirely of metal. And then you can just have, like, two or three of the squallers. That's what they're called. The wind... Yeah. Benders. Mm -hmm. Air and benders. everybody else just stay inside. Yeah. Yeah. That is another why thing. Why is everyone on the why top of the, the ship? Why are they on the top... Go, why, you have, you why have is the bottom. standing on the top? The bottom exists? Like, we see that the mm. skiff in the final episode, there is a below deck yes. area. Why is everyone not huddled down there? What, what are you going to do up top? Absolutely. What are you going to do get up top except die? Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that does remind me of one of the, one of the moments that I did like really genuinely enjoy. In I think like the first I believe it was the first episode. I just remembered my favorite moment actually. I believe it was the first episode was um like when they that first skiff gets attacked, one of the cartographers just like jumps off and starts it's like, running. I'm out. He's <laughs> just like I'm out of here. <laughs> and which was which was one thing I was like, oh my god, this fucking moron <laughs> could have just gone below deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then at the end of the episode you see him running outside right, yeah, yeah. the other end of the fold and i was like holy fuck he made it the absolute legend <laughs> fucking legend calculated he was actually just smarter than everyone <laughs> what if i just ran what if i just what if the solution is a smaller boat <laughs> that doesn't attract so much attention <laughs> you ready to see some real speed bitch <laughs> <laughs> okay, let can we talk? I know you guys probably weren't paying attention. <laughs> can we talk about Alina's arc? Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I'm not, I'm not probably not going to have that much to say, or I might have a lot to say because Alina and subsequently Mal and their whole story was far and away my least favorite part of the show. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just found it boring. Mm -hmm. Very. I was like every. I was like every other character is more interesting than you two, mm -hmm. and I wish oh the show God. was about them instead. I also found okay. This is only this is slightly related, but not entirely related. I found her like turn to be like oh, way too fast. It was very she she was like super into Ben Barnes, which makes sense. And then all of a sudden, she's not. It was I'm in love with Mal mm -hmm. to now nah, I'm super into Ben Barnes on a dime. Yep. And then mm -hmm. again on a dime, I'm super into Ben Barnes. Oh shit. I'm, I'm Ben Barnes is bad. And I, to and I just away. totally buy okay. all of this Let's stuff. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Without revealing myself as like a shipper, um, <laughs> um, hate to out myself to the antis, but yes. Okay, so um, it is my personal opinion that the Darkling and Alina should have been together. And here is why. There's only so many things you can do with narrative foils. <laughs> they can kill each other or they can fuck. And I guess they went with the previous option. Because when you have two, like, the and their narrative foil -ness is so obvious. He is the dark. She is the light. It's like, it's like Star Wars, but it's not subtle at all. 
<laughs> and on top of this, when you're talking about this on a dime turn, she does this on a dime turn because Bagda, a woman she does not care about or like, tells right. her something that is unsubstantiated. Yeah, and just immediately believes her 100%. Like, like it, is tr- it is true, and we know as the audience that, you know, she's making the right call to assume that it's true, but it makes no sense that she would assume it's true. Right? Yes, because she's just believing her without any evidence, even though what she's mm-hmm. saying is insane. Not only that mm-hmm. Ben Barnes is hundreds of years old, but this woman is his mother. Personally, I think a really good twist, a really good reveal there, would have been, she would have said, like, what, are you his mother? And she would have said, no, I'm his daughter. That would have been fucking cool. That's what I thought she was going to say. Right? That's what I thought she was going to say. That would have been cool. That would have been way cooler. Right? That would have been way more holy crap. And then it adds evidence to the fact that he is immortal rather than just making me double down on my doubt as to him. Now, Okay, so now he's immortal and his mom is immortal? This woman that yeah, he doesn't yeah. care about very much, and he shows us that he doesn't care about her very much in the next episode, when he's like, oh, you let her run away, mother? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know you're expendable, too. Well, then why is she immortal, Ben Barnes? Why did you make her immortal? Why did you give her <laughs> well, which, bones? By the way, is, a, is frankly, is a question, like, did they, did they ever really answer why the two of them are immortal yes if you get i don't feel like they did yes if you get bones <laughs> okay, okay of like okay, the four but... beings if you kill one and like Im- meld its bones into your body you extend your age range you become immortal yeah yes he said that about but... alina okay no, no no hear hear me out though <laughs> i i don't think it's why he's immortal because in that flashback scene scene that they have where he's talking to that like that healer woman before he made the fold that like lives with him maid marian she's like was that what that was maid marian from bbc's robin from what (laughs) no i would i surely i would have recognized her i've never seen bbc's robin hood it was very dark but anyway okay sorry um when he's talking to her and she's like, but if but if I could get an amplifier, then I could also live a couple hundred years. And he says this line, I suppose that must seem like a very long time to you. Like, kind of applied as I was like, okay, so how long do you live and why? I think the implication is that just so either powerful. he or his father is the, like, Jesus surrogate. Mm-hmm. So he either has had the amplifiers for a, a while up until that point, slash like the first Grisha, um, or he has the benefit of extended life because of his relation to the first Grisha. Mm-hmm. I think that's the implication. I'm going to try to read the book. Possible. I'm not going to read the book. Either, either way, I have, it's, it's something I have a lot of questions about. <laughs> yeah, I thought, good point, good thoughts. I completely disregarded it. I thought, yeah, he just already has an amplifier. He's just already found one of those things. I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. But this was also, I watched this episode um, today. (laughs) In between trying to watch four episodes uh, before we could record this. Um, So, on that note, here's my note about episode seven. What are you doing? You're making it obvious that the Darkling should be the main character. 
<laughs> so which what, what thing specifically were you talking about? Was that that's the flashback episode? That's the right? flashback episode. That's the one oh, where yeah, he okay. get we get his backstory. So mm-hmm. first off, you're revealing to me that he he invented the fold. Uh, like he created it out of anger, unintentionally. He didn't. I don't think he had an intention to like kill the people who were trying to kill him, but he did not have any right. intention to create the fold. Like as, and he didn't know what yeah. it would become. And he recognizes that later. I didn't know what this would become. I didn't realize that it would be the thing that it is today. He says that verbatim. Um, well, paraphrase that actually. Um, his mom had the idea to do something that only a Grisha can fix, so that we can like win the support back of the of the others of all the non Grisha. And so right. that's her idea. His whole plan is his mom's idea. So why the fuck do we trust Bagda and not him? I don't know. Why is she the one who we're like, yeah, he's totally evil. Fuck him up. This is a believed, young adult believed... book, correct? Yes. yes. Obviously. I think that explains a lot of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was talking to Phoebe. I wrote Darkling Redemption Arc. <laughs> that that's what I want. And Phoebe was like, mm-hmm. well, he has to want redemption. This is why he should be the main does. character. Mm-hmm. He wanted redemption for building the fold, and his seeking of that redemption was to erase the fold. He just is a bad guy, so his reasoning, or his methodology of doing that has to be to kill the main character. Or to use her in some way. But in my version, where Alina but doesn't also, exist because not she's stupid. actually... But also, he's not actually trying to erase the fold at all. Yeah, he's trying to, like, make it bigger. He says that he wants to do that, and I believed him, so maybe I'm the (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think it would have been an interesting story, as you're saying, like, if that had been his actual motive. And that's what I'm saying is, obviously, it's not this story. Sorry I wanted something else out of this story. But 100% of the time, I am going to prefer a fall from grace and redemption and seeking redemption arc story over a chosen one story any fucking day. I hate chosen one stories. I cannot get behind them at all. They are boring. The main character is built almost entirely to be um, imprinted upon by a young audience. And that means that Mm -hmm. they have no character traits at all except for they're brave. And this is such a trend with YA novels that I just, I can't get behind it. And so, you know, maybe if you wrote a version of this that's fan fiction um, that was just about the Darkling and his redemption arc, I will go read that. And I will prefer it. (laughs) Because that's what the show should have been about, is to me, for me to be more interested. That would have gone with all of the world building. Ben Barnes would have been more important. Exactly. That's the best part. (laughs) That's my soapbox. Um, and like, I, I agree. I think it would have been a more interesting story. For, like, I, I, from what I, yeah, like, exactly. It would yes. be a completely different story, though. Right, yeah. Exactly. And I can admit that. I don't think it would have been the story that the author was trying to write. And that's, um, she wanted to write a Jocelyn like, story. Fine. I'm like, I read a lot of some stuff recently about how, like, um, writing that that book was all about you know uh, depicting abusive relationships and um and like channeling a lot of that subject matter into the work 
And it's like, I understand why she uh, decided to not go with something that might have been a more interesting storyline because it would have disrupted the theme of what she was going for. And it does sort of kind of, now that you've said that, um, <laughs> the whole internet wants Alina to be with the Darkling. So I don't know mm-hmm. if she fucked up or if mm-hmm. Ben Barnes casting was just like too good. <laughs> She's too dreamy. <laughs> or we're just all I think we, we had this discussion. We had a discussion um, when we were watching the show. Is Because again, we knew nothing about what we right. in. We so. couldn't. We're like, okay, we can't tell whether he's supposed to be sexy and he's coming off sinister or whether he's supposed to be sinister and he's coming off sexy. <laughs> That's just Ben Barnes, baby. The answer is both. <laughs> because it's Ben Barnes. It's just Ben Barnes. At the end of the day, Ben Barnes just can't help being either of those things. That's why he's the fan cast. We we had a a wild time those first few episodes trying to figure out whether or not Ben Barnes was actually supposed to be the bad guy. Oh, I said... (laughs) That was just Ben Barnes' face. This is sort of related to you saying it should have been about the Darkling or whatever, but there are several points as in, I I think he's just the hero. (laughs) Like, is he actually he the, the good guy? Show. What are you talking about? Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because he went about it in, like, not the best way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did, oh, I yeah. A... Like, he's perfectly... I just think it's one of the strengths is that he is a very uh, complex character. He is perfectly mm-hmm. the kind of character that I just love. Like, I am a huge Magneto guy. <laughs> I love Magneto. Yeah. I am I'm all about Ozymandias from Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanos did nothing wrong. So he he spoke to me on a deep level. Uh, Jake's grave is gonna say uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> exactly. And I thought there was something weird about the Darklings Darklings villain arc that I can't quite figure out is that his villain reveal is almost too soon. It's like so early in the story. It's in like episode four out of eight, which granted is halfway through, but. We also know previous to that that something up, something's fishy with him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, he seems sus right away. He yeah, seems, he seems sus, sus right away. Right away. And so it's almost like when it's revealed that he's the villain, it feels like a lie. Yeah. It feels like it's going to be reversed like it, like, like later. Like it would have like been better if he had felt less obviously like the villain in the beginning, then this reveal would mean more. Right. Yeah. Like, like it, it needs to be either earlier or later. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. because it you're like, oh, I'm super sus on this guy. This guy can't be trusted. But then it's like, then he's not the bad guy. And he's not the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. And you sort of get to like a point where you're still sus on him, but you're not fully lulled into that he's not the bad guy yet. And then they reveal it, and it's just like, oh, see, so yeah, yeah. you still could have had the reveal yeah. at that point in the story if like. Ben Barnes hadn't spent the previous three episodes being sus as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he could have just been... You know, maybe he wasn't supposed to come off as sus as hell in those <laughs> first three episodes, and Ben Barnes just can't help it. But <laughs> There's just something about a guy who only talks like this that makes you yes. feel sus. <laughs> Dude, okay, I, I've actually thought a great deal about this. Mm-hmm. He has witch energy. Yes, this was something we talked about a lot. Ben Barnes has has sexy witch energy. He's like the he is the one man with sexy witch energy, and it makes no sense. I don't understand how we like, got it, but he does have it. Like if it's Jennifer the, gets gender bent, yes. 
Yes, exactly. The the Yennefer, the Morrigan of it all. Yes. Uh, It's the, I'm going to eat your soul and you're going to like like it. it. Sign me up. (laughs) And that's, that that is another. No wonder Jake's so obsessed with Ben Barnes. That is another trope. That is another trope. Well, I have, that is absolutely my type. Sorry to at you twice in one (laughs) podcast, Jake. I mean, facts. I love Ben Barnes. There's no shame in liking Morgan oh, and Jennifer. They're very sexy. I I yes. like them. <laughs> really, just the my the. And the to clarify, this is Dragon Age Morgan. Bisexual watching The Witcher is oh Yaskier or Morgan or Jennifer. <laughs> Not Kalen loves I always for Kalen does love it. Um. Especially because they snip and snap at each other, uh, like a certain other couple in Shadow and Bone that we love. Oh, yeah. Nina oh my God. Matthias. Nina Matthias. <laughs> Good shit. I was just like, this fits every trope that I like, and I'm just not necessarily that I like am love for all couples, but like I'm always entertained by. I was like. You two are fun to watch. <laughs> the Beatrice and Benedict, if we will. Yes, the Beatrice and Benedict of it all. And I know we've been like pretty negative on the show this far, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of things I yeah, did like yeah, about the show. Oh yeah. Like, um, I, but, Other like, than Ben Barnes, it's, it's just course. it's just that a lot of the things that we really liked about the show weren't the focus, and we yeah. wish that they were. Um, like, like really enjoyed all of you know, Matthi- Yeah, really enjoyed all of Nina Matthias's stuff. Uh, I thought they had. A, really fun rapport um and then the crows loved the crows amazing honestly it's called six of crows it should be about the crows <laughs> is it not about the crows that is a fair point i love them oh my god this <laughs> maybe i can find that message that i sent you because <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny um but yeah the crows were all very well developed. They were all interesting. Mm-hmm. They were all fun to watch. They all had they all had conflicting wants out of the situation, which was uh, like a really good narrative um, device, and uh, like created a greater sense of conflict in the story with that. Like, it, I just really liked uh, everything they had going. Oh, that reminds me of my favorite part in the whole show. What was your favorite part in the whole show? I, I bet you could guess my favorite part. I, I know what your favorite part is. Okay. <laughs> is it when he says, make me your villain? No. no. That was but pretty that's good. A, that's a good one. No, my favorite moment in the whole show was when they go to try to kidnap Alina. Um, oh, yeah, this they, is a good part. <laughs> they they, they like, just <laughs> fail miserably. But then, because she's trying to escape the, the, the little uh, palace, she mm-hmm. just crawls into the trunk of their carriage. Perfect. It's so and, perfect. And Jasper literally sees her do it. Like he's he's try, he's set, been set to go get the carriage so that they can be ready to make their getaway, even though they've failed. And then as he's he looks over and he sees the woman they've been trying to kidnap just crawl into the trunk of their carriage, and the look on his face hey, yep. is, "I am the greatest thief of all time." <laughs> the criminals come right to our car, already Wait, cuffed. cuffed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. I just really, really was entertained by that moment. I could not stop laughing. That was a really good one. I loved it so much. 
this is what I said. I And don't get me wrong, when Alina's finally with the king in them, that's more interesting. But I'm still like, what's the goat for? <laughs> like, every time they focus that on Alina, I'm reveal. like, go back to the crows. I want to know what's going on. They have a more interesting plot twist than the Darkling <laughs> being a bad guy, which is that the conductor wants to kill Alina. I'm like, yep. I was like, what the fuck? That came yeah, out of nowhere. Amazing. Inej, killing someone for the first time is mm-hmm. a more emotional moment than anything that happens with Alina, yeah. arguably. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that's going on with him, the stakes are so much higher on a personal yep. level. Like Yes. Like, uh, uh, the Alina's stakes are higher on a global level, but the Crow's stakes are just so much higher on a personal level. They've all put that, so much more on the it. line. Yeah. I think I think I've finally figured it out. That is why I don't like chosen one things, because the stakes of a chosen one story are never personal. Right. And they try to make them personal. They're like the whole world's gonna explode, and the whole world includes my mom or my best friend or my like people. But for Inej, if they don't complete this task, Kaz they lose loses everything. Her. Mm-hmm. She has to go back into. Presumably prostitution. They lose well, if, everything. Uh, I mean, at least she believes that because what he's actually done is put up the the club as yes. in her place. Yeah, I'm saying from their perspective, these are yeah, the yeah, yeah. The, the, these are the stakes as they are shown. Jesper, I'm less sure of what his stakes are. Yeah, but I still like him so much. Mm-hmm. Because you have such a high sense of stakes from the other two, you don't need him to have that high of the sense of stakes. Like, he can be here for the sense of adventure because the other two aren't. Exactly. And it's so... Because it's so personal, it makes it so much more real. I think I think we should all at least say like one thing we okay, yeah. we really so did I, like. I I told my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. Jake, you want to tell your favorite moment? Okay, well it's the very end. Huge yeah. spoiler. It's literally the very fucking end. And I will. Yes, when Ben Barnes <laughs> crawls out of the fucking fold. fold, and he's all Ben Barnes, and he stands up and he's scarred up, and he's still somehow the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> and he just turns around and says, "Follow." And I about swooned. I had a heart attack on the spot. I said, that is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and Okay, I am a straight man who legitimately doesn't understand how you could be attracted to a man. I think most of them are just disgusting. But Ben Barnes, I, I get it. I 100% get it. And in that moment, that that is a moment where I get it. <laughs> I guess mine is, regardless of the shit that I talked about the world building, um... The Grisha themselves are very well built. I yeah. love the magic system so much. Mm-hmm. And I would be very excited to read. I'm excited to read the book. Um, and I'm excited to read fan fiction that takes place in this universe, but it's not about these characters. Yeah. Or maybe that's only about Kaz and Inej. Fucking mm-hmm. heist episode! That's my favorite. Heist episode. Heist episode. Mm-hmm. It's a heist episode and a joining the circus episode. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. <laughs> I love heist shows. I love heist movies. And they're like, we're going to do a heist and then join a circus so that we can execute the second half of the heist. Yes. I am fucking here for that shit. Uh, yeah, um, go ahead and share your, your thoughts now with um, Alina's arc. We've talked about this before, Phoebe. How I don't really like the childhood best friend love interest. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree. I it's weird. Always, <laughs> they almost always never end up with them. Mm-hmm. They almost always end up with the sexy bad boy, yeah. which I guess we're not doing in this situation. I guess this author saw that and said, when she ends up with the sexy bad boy, it's kind of an abusive relationship, so she'll end up with the childhood best friend. Um, but it feels like rather than an arc, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it would be different if I she and Mal... The biggest thing that's always confused me about those like childhood best friend love story arcs is like if the why didn't this happen sooner because it's creepy no no, i like it's it's like if if this was something that you both have felt like Mm -hmm. can feel now it seems like it's something that you would have been feeling earlier Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it feels like they have been feeling this way for a while so if we had this sort of like if we had an established relationship falling out, new relationship, uh, that relationship becomes abusive, rediscovering the love I once had with this person and growing together with them, that would be different. Mm-hmm. But I, you're, Phoebe, you're right. I'm like, why, why, why now? Yeah, why now? Makes no sense. There actually, there have been studies um, conducted on attraction to people you grew up with, to where. Um, if you had like a childhood friend that you've been friends with for a really long time, a lot of, that's of the um, opposite sex or whoever you're attracted to, mm-hmm. um, you cannot like it's significantly less likely that you will be attracted to them as an adult um, because you see them almost as like family. Mm-hmm. You, so mm-hmm. you you literally because it's like that that uh, tribal kind yeah. of monkey brain thing going mm-hmm. on where you see them as. Oh, that's genetically too close to me. Yeah, which which is why I'm like, it, if your your brain is at a place where it can see the person that way, that means you have felt that way almost since the beginning. Mm. Why yeah. are you just now well, doing something yeah. about it? Why? I feel like this would have come up before, especially with these two. I really do not see a reason. Just if if they felt this way all along, would not have just been together before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the bone that I have to pick with it is a lot of times the author uses it as a shortcut to get us to understand that these two people know and love each other. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh, the reason they're in love is because they're best friends or something to that extent. They're like, oh, it makes sense because they've known each other their whole lives. And I'm like, but I haven't. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's used as a shortcut to avoid actually having to emotionally develop, yeah, their develop yeah, a relationship. Emotionally develop their relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's why what I mean when I say it's kind of like a circle rather than a character mm-hmm. arc, because then you feel like you're returning back to the beginning. You feel like, oh, well, that thing with the Darkling didn't work out. Turns out he was an abusive asshole. I guess I'll just date my best friend. Mm-hmm. But they've had no moments of like, oh, you like me? I like you too. Yeah. When they mm-hmm. finally meet up again, they kind of are mad at each other for the majority of it. Yeah. Which is which is understandable, but mm-hmm. I just mean that the, it just makes the circle harder to turn into an arc. And I, it's the author has to work like three times as hard to convince you that that is going to be a viable romantic option, and they almost never do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably like that, that. Like that's gotta contribute a lot to why Alina, a, a 
so much of the fandom still ships her with the Darkling is because the other option just is, it's bland, is yeah. bland. They don't have like the it's same like why do they want to do that? Yeah. If if the other option was actually like interesting narratively, then you know maybe the, maybe the whole the whole fandom wouldn't be so committed to the to the problematic option. <laughs> And I'll tell you, for me, what the moment that it seemed as though the narrative... So Alina has this moment, this no-going-back moment in her story arc. Mm -hmm. Where she she definitively chooses the Darkling over Mal. Yeah. And I don't see the reverse happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's such a big moment that I'm like, this is why people are on board with this. She erases the scar on her hand. Mm -hmm. Yep. And immediately... Where's the black kefta that he gave her? Yeah. She is removing physical evidence of Mal in her life and donning the garb of her new lover. It's like marriage. It's like, it's like accepting a wedding ring almost. Yeah. This is something that he gave to her, tailor-made for her, as a representation of what she is to him and that she is a reflection of him. Which is why it makes no sense that she just turns on him mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. Because you spent, like, basically that whole episode. Yeah, you spent, like, that whole episode that, like, she is in. She is on board. She has cast off a whole, her whole other life. They were gonna fuck on a table! Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. And that's the one that was super crazy for me. Was just, she was literally like, do me right here. Yeah. And then... And immediately Immediately afterwards. afterwards was like, oh... Someone told me a bunch of things about you, and now I immediately believe them, and I'm going to part away. Yeah. And I think part of me... Part of my reaction to this as a ship is also based on... Or my reluctance to believe that it's problematic. um, Even though I know it is. (laughs) He... He does something that no one else in any other YA novel that I have read has ever done. And he hikes up her skirt... And he says, are you sure? Okay, guys out there, that's the move. That's the move. That is the move. <laughs> Trust me. He asked for her consent. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? <laughs> I get that the problem, I get the problem is he's trying to use her to end the world. I get it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> about the emotional relationship between the two of them. What's the issue? Yeah, it's it's almost like ah. his, his 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 turn, just like her turn against him, also Makes seems no to happen on a dime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I believe him. <laughs> Everything he says to her, I don't know if it's Ben Barnes and how amazing he is as an actor. He is clearly the best actor out of them, oh, but yeah. he's also had mm-hmm. several years of experience under his belt. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's been acting since, what, he was, like, 16? Yeah. And for a lot of these actors, it's, like, their first gig. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But, by God, I believe him. Mm-hmm. When he says to her, I was, like... Because we were already having this conversation, Phoebe, about how I think he should be the main character and get a redemption arc while I was still watching it. So I hadn't even, like, finished it mm-hmm. to understand the, my position in the argument. I was so willing to die on that hill. <laughs> um, and he says to her, he's, like... He's, like... I created it, but I didn't understand what it was going to be. And so now you're going to help me. You're my salvation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, 
Obviously, he was lying. My God, in hindsight, he was lying. But I believed him. <laughs> he could have been telling the truth. Maybe he just changed his mind. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never really know. <laughs> yeah, I guess my only question for this is, what the fuck is season two going to be about? I don't I fucking no know. Kill the Darkling again. I guess. Destroy the fold. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, assumedly, yeah, that the, 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 will destroy the fold. That's the thing that yeah. will happen. I was just watching that whole season finale, and up until, like, the last couple minutes, because I didn't realize until the last couple minutes that the fold didn't get fully destroyed. I mm. thought she'd done it, and so I was like, what's season <laughs> two about? <laughs> what's gonna happen here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I... Really damn hope Nina and Matthias make up. Because that made you were, me big sad. You were very invested in that. That made me big sad. <laughs> I'm hoping for yeah. lots more Ben Barnes. Mm -hmm. And less of the oh, main no. characters. <laughs> less main characters. More, I, I would be fine with more of the crows. Yeah. Oh, and more I think the there crows. will be more of them now, now that they're they're all in a group together. Yeah. yeah. That's a good sign. Mm -hmm. That they're all gonna be together now. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to like split all of our time so much. Yeah, between the interesting characters and the main characters. Because <laughs> if the interesting characters are in the same scenes with the main characters, then now it's all oh, gonna be interesting. Win -win. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I don't know. Maybe she'll meet someone in uh, season two that's not Mal. <laughs> but one can only hope. But is he gonna be dreamier than Ben Barnes? I I don't think that's. It's not possible. Unlikely. <laughs> Maybe he'll be with Can't Jesper. Be I shall be with Jesper. I know that Jesper is bisexual mm -hmm. from things that I've heard online. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll get together. I like that could that be nice for her. <laughs> <It's> better. <laughs> I'm like scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> We're barrel, really scraping the bottom of the barrel here for, for different options. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, honestly, I feel like Jesper also deserves better than Leah. <laughs> <laughs> closing yeah. thoughts closing thoughts um i'm gonna watch season two yeah like, I, I don't i yeah. i can't see myself rewatching season one yeah that's when Correct. i that's the, what i said when i finished Indeed. it i said i'm i'm happy mm -hmm. but i'm also sad <laughs> because i want to watch ben barnes but i don't really want to watch that again <laughs> this show is very tailor-made for me this is very much what i like and so if you our audience have found yourself aligning a lot with my personal tastes in the past. Maybe you would enjoy it, but you definitely don't have to watch it now. We have spoiled everything we're spoiling <laughs> this show. Pretty much. Um, Absolutely everything. So, thank you for listening, and good night. <laughs>